Well, Jason, I have a confession to make. I have sinned against my brother. Yeah? I did not put salt down on my icy steps on my porch, and you had yourself a little accident, didn't you? A little, yeah. (laughs) Did you get a huge bruise or something? (laughs) It's still bruised, dude. (laughs) My whole back is all scraped up. So the other night, Jason and I get done podcasting, and it's late, you know. After we just had been, like, gave an update on our show about how my back was doing better. Yeah, that's right. Talking about the powerful prayers that Nathan told us to pray. I bit it, dude. And <laughs> I, I shut the so door. Hard. I shut the door after Jason leaves, lock it, and then all of a sudden I hear, gong, 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 gong. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck was that? And I open up the door and I'm like, what? Okay, what's going on? And then there's Jason just lying on the floor, just like, ah, ow, I couldn't owie. Even, I couldn't even breathe, man. I was. I looked at all your neighbors' houses. I was like, "Please, nobody open their door." And then you open the door behind me. It's like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> and then I was thinking, "How much did my back just age mm-hmm. just now?" At least I've got the back of a sixty-year-old, Alex, because of your stairs. It's funny because I I get upstairs to you know go to bed and crawl into bed, and my wife's like, "Did Jason fall down the stairs?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what that big sound was." <laughs> <laughs> so brutal, and I had such a busy weekend too. Yeah, dude, what you went and saw Science Mike? Yeah. Oh man, how was that? Other than that, my, dude goes way over my head. Yeah. Other than my back hurting real bad. Oh, you're gonna keep bringing that up? Um, yeah, it's gonna be brought up till we lot. get raptured. You're just gonna keep complaining yeah. about your back. Yeah, I'm gonna keep reading those verses about not suing your brother. <laughs> well, I just confessed my sins. Do you? Forgive you did. Me? I. You know what? It's time to break bread, Alex. Let's break bread. Or a candy cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been forgiven. Yes, thank you. I, I feel the, the warm sensation of being forgiven wash over me. That's just the sugar from the candy cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about Science Mike, because I'm really curious, because I obviously wasn't there, and the guy is extremely smart and sciencey. So yeah. tell me more. His podcast is huge, so I yeah. partly went like... Because maybe this is the future, Alex. Ooh. And then we're there, and there's like 150 people there. Mm-hmm. And he said that like per episode, 350 to 500,000 downloads wow. is what they get. And so I was like, Alex and I have a ways to go. Yes, we do. Plus, we're not that smart. No, not at all. He probably knows way more about animals than I do. So he's got this room full of people who are deconstructing all over the map at various you know, areas of their faith journey, if they even believe at all. Yeah. And what he did was amazing, Alex. So give me a rundown, like a quick like summary. What? How did the night look? Well, I mean, he just, what he does in his Ask Science Mike show is he just answers questions about anything, mostly science related. And I think the intention of his show was teaching like remedial science to Christians. Yeah. Because people like myself, we just don't, have a whole lot of scientific knowledge you probably think the world is still flat alex i don't know my animals i mean we'll just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) but no what he was doing is people would throw out these random questions and i picked up on it early each question he was weaving the gospel narrative in with the answer man that's awesome yeah and you don't get that when you listen to his podcast because questions are edited and stuff yeah but they're listening to the whole entire thing played out i mean just random random science questions to heavy political questions wow and it all the whole entire night ended with jesus on a cross wow and I'm just like, people are all over the board here in their faith journey. 
deconstructing whatever and they just heard a presentation of the gospel man it was pretty powerful my hats off to you science mike yes we salute you here at not your pastors we podcast salute you. nice acdc reference yeah we're gonna edit that out <laughs> <laughs> but i got to meet him afterwards jess and i did yeah and so jess is like can you explain to me why i have four boys three boys and myself included yep. and none of them can like hit the toilet when they pee <laughs> and he gave us like a solid five minute scientific answer while we were standing in line waiting to get our book signed wow. i mean he's going into inconsistent pressure oh my gosh and how difficult it is to aim and that your stream is not really a stream it's it's a bunch of tiny little droplets <laughs> i mean he like went deep into it I now know more about my urethra. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Well, thanks, Science Mike. Yes, thank you, Science Mike, and maybe one day we'll get you on the show. But tonight <laughs> we have somebody that I'm really excited to have on our show, Jason. Two guys, Jay and Jed, from the Church and Other Drugs podcast. What an awesome name to a podcast. I know, right? Like, Look, that's total clickbait. Like, I clicked on it just because of the name. <laughs> and then you learn that there are two recovered drug addicts. Yeah, and... It's their story is incredible, and you're going to hear more about it in this interview. But just listen to to these guys talk, and it, it really reminds me a lot of uh, doing ministry in Flint, Jason. Like yeah. all the different like uh, drug recovery programs that you and I were a part of. But this is being able to see another side of it, and the fact that these guys are a success story when you don't hear a lot of success stories in the drug recovery ministry. Yeah, for sure. So I'm really looking forward to this interview, and I hope you, the listener, really get something out of this. Because to be quite honest, recovery ministries are really, really difficult. Yeah, I'm hoping to get some good advice because... Yeah. We've been doing this for a number of years. I mean, I just preached at the Salvation Army, their drug recovery program, last Thursday, and I have zero clue what I'm doing. Yeah, you're just going up there preaching Jesus. Just Yeah, the gospel is all I got to bring them, and a lot of it I can't relate because I've never been addicted to drugs. Yeah. And so I'm sure I make a complete fool of myself every time I go in there. So like, I'm hoping to get some advice from these guys. Yeah, well, why don't we get to the interview and we'll see what happens. This is not your pastor's drug podcast, man. guys we are here with jed and jay from church and other drugs podcast say what's up guys hey, what's hello up? how y'all doing for us. dude that is pretty much the coolest like podcast name <laughs> like <laughs> like i heard the name and i was like i'm listening i don't even know who yeah. they are i don't know what they talk about i don't know what they're preaching or what they're i don't know their deal but i'm listening that's awesome thank you thank you we, it took yeah. it took it was a lot of trial and error yeah. What, what were some of the failed names? Uh, go home, church. You're drunk. Oh, oh yeah, you mentioned man. that in your latest with uh, method yeah. theology. Oh man, uh, what, what was the other one, Jay? Uh, um, oh something. Uh, shit. Something with hope or something. Hopefully offensive. Hopefully offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, if there's anybody out there looking to start a podcast, those names are available. But Church yep, and Other Drugs is taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so where are you guys calling from? Because you guys are on two different uh, Skype screens with us. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Uh, this is Jed. I am in Lafayette, Louisiana. Wow. Yeah, this is this is Jay. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. So you guys were telling us before off air that you guys have like never grown up with basements in your houses. Yep, that's right. Never. That's yeah, insane no, in, to me. Yeah. Coastal South Carolina and uh, coastal Southern California. So I've never, ever been in a basement. Wow. Yeah, if, 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 if you dig below three feet, you're hitting water. Oh, basically. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, yeah. well, my, my family's from Kentucky. And so we drive around there on the west side of the state and half the houses are on stilts. It's pretty sweet. Interesting. In, yeah. in Ohio? No, in Kentucky. in Kentucky. Oh, in Kentucky. Kentucky. I misheard. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't that know that far north that they were on stilts. Down here, they're all we're all on stilts in South Carolina. Wow. Um, yeah, because hurricane season's a, a thing. And so. y'all are in y'all are in Flint. Yeah, yeah, we're we're in Flint, Michigan, where the basements are here, and the water has lead in it. Dude, what's the t- what's what's the temperature right now? The temperature is I think. It was, it was in the 20s today. Yeah, it was 20, oh my God. 21 at noon. And, and that we was warm. About 50. I, I mean, I'll show you. I'm wearing shorts right now. It was 75 <laughs> today. Oh, wow. It was, a, uh, it was a beautiful spring day, even though it's January. <laughs> we, we had a, a crawfish boil cookout yesterday. Oh, my Y'all know God. what a crawfish wow. boil is? You ever heard of, heard of such a thing? Uh, no. Never been to I think, one. I think they call them uh, crayfish in other yeah. parts of the country. Yep, that's what we like call little, them here, right? Yep. I'm They're like sure. little mini lobsters. They look like. Yeah. Little, yeah. You like dig them out of the mud? Been, yep. Uh, mud bugs. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. What a culture There's... shock, you know? <laughs> they, got, it was a... they got crayfish down there just like we do. Crawdads. Oh, yeah. Except, crawdads. Ex- except, except we eat them. That's oh. the difference. <laughs> I just I just freak out because they run across my feet. I'm like, oh, gosh, what the heck is that? <laughs> so anyway, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. So you guys, I want to hear your guys' story because your guys' story is very interesting to me. We heard a little bit about it from your earlier podcasts, but you guys are in recovery. Or I, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody with the with the terminology because you guys are former no, yeah. addicts in recovery. Is that how you would say that correctly? We are. Well, I'll um, I'll, we'll each speak for ourselves. I, I um, yeah, I. I identify as a recovered alcoholic addict. I will, I will all, it's, you could, uh, akin to if you're a diabetic, but you have it under control, you'll always be a diabetic, but it, it, if you've got your blood sugar regulated, then you're good to go. Oh, okay. Kind of like that. What about you, Jay? I would say the same thing. Um, I don't know. I get, people get chipped up on recovered or recovering. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things like, if you come to a meeting of a 12 step program, like people will die on that hill, whether they're recovered or recovering. But for me, it's semantics and, and either way, whatever. Right. I mean, I've been clean and sober for a little over eight years now. Wow, and, that's and awesome. I'll, I'll take that whether it's recovered or recovering, right? Like, right. I don't really, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah. Yeah, let's whatever, not get legalistic here. Wh- yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever oh, you want to yeah. call it, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yep. totally. So tell us tell us a little bit about your guys' story about how how you guys grew up, how you guys went through that that phase in your life where you guys were addicts, and then how you guys got out of that. Cause, yeah, okay, sure. Because that's probably not I, a story a lot of people hear every day. You yeah, know? and our podcast is a general right, rule of thumb. Right, we sure. do uh, we do bad news and then good news. So 
I guess. Well, you picked the right guys, I think. <laughs> yeah. for, the bad, for the bad news, good news. <laughs> so I think it's interesting, like, um, we could go, Jed, Jed and I could talk about, like, our childhood, but we started using, like, right at the same time together. Right. Oh, wow. So we've been, um, like, on and off buddies since the eighth grade when we started smoking weed and stealing cigarettes from the grocery store. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started there and Jed, anytime pop in, man. But, um, yeah, so you, kinda, you, you can start with yours. Yeah. So it started there. And, um, I always say like my whole life, I, I felt kind of like a fish out of water, right? And like, I was always, I was never, um, comfortable in my own skin. And the first time I smoked weed with the pastor's kid, um, I felt like a fish getting thrown back into a pail of water, right? Like I felt like I could breathe again and like everything was okay. And, um, I, I felt comfortable for the first time really ever. Um, and I just chased that, you know, like I just, mm. I chased that. And, uh, Jed and I experimented with all kinds of different ways, means, and, uh, uses of drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, just chasing that feeling of contentedness, like just that feeling of being okay in my own skin. Yeah, I, I had the, the classic, um, I grew up um, in a Southern Presbyterian. Um, so I, I had a guilt complex, the the punishing God type of thing oh, growing up. Oh, yeah, okay. um, with, yeah, which turned into some serious anxiety. And so I, my using started with, and so, I say that to I was I mean I was like I remember in sixth grade I said a cuss word at school and I went home and told on myself like yeah. that's how like straight laced <laughs> I was dude I I can totally relate and, and so mine was a total I did it I moved in sixth grade and all of a sudden I didn't fit into where I moved to and I developed this anxiety disorder like I would blink my eyes and I would blow out my nostrils it was like kind of like a Tourette's tick thing and so I really used to to fit in that was the um the crowd I kind of fell into. Um, and so I just wanted to be accepted and that's, that's, it's very stereotypical, but that's how I started doing it. Um, and then I didn't really like it at first. I felt really guilty at first, obviously. Um, and it wasn't until me and Jay, it was, I think it was, what you said it was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. It was when, um, I had my first, uh, trip hallucination experience that that was the moment, um, that I was like, oh, this is this. That's when I felt relief, and I was like, oh, this is this is nice. Let me let me go explore this. Man, Man at eighth grade, it just seems so like young. It like, is. It is. <laughs> not that's incredible. Not in Lapeer, where I grew up, Lapeer, Michigan. There was guys tripping all the time, and it was all because they watched that that uh, Oliver Stone, Fear. The Doors movie. Oh, nice. They watched The <laughs> Doors movie, and they were just like, dude, let's be Jim Morrison. And I was like, My- you guys are dumb. Mine yeah, was a was, fear, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. That's what. Yeah. Oh my. man. Also, also, I started listening to Modest Mouse. If, oh. if ever, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was big. Uh, that was instrumental in my uh, but interest I mean, in drugs. We, ch- we chased that rock and roll like rock star persona too. You know, chased, it, it was, go ahead. Yeah, I chased the uh, the the drunken artist thing. That was my uh, that was my idols in high school for sure that was like the the pinnacle of coolness for me yeah that's incredible and 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 then what happens though is is one day uh excuse me one day you wake up and you can't stop and and you ask how did this happen and there's 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 a line 
there's a line that gets crossed where you can move from a um and out you know alcoholism and addiction and mental illness run in my family it's a it's a hereditary thing but there's there's a threshold that has to be met to where you you cross into the point of being a, a physical um where you change your brain and you're you're now like I can't go back to uh to drinking one beer normally like I've I've crossed yeah. that line. They they use the analogy a lot of like a cucumber and a pickle, right? Like once yeah. you're a pickle, you can't be a cucumber again. Wow. Right. And so that's kind of I mean that's been my my experience too. Um, like once I crossed that line, I couldn't even like if for whatever reason I could only drink two beers, which was very rare or or whatever. Um, I was never ever ever happy with that hmm. ever. Hmm. Yeah, right? it's. Uh, the dis the discontentedness that comes with it um yeah and, and then and go ahead no i was just gonna say this is the sucky part of it now now christians all over the u.s and i'm sure even all around the world are saying oh yeah we read the bible and it's okay to drink every once in a while oh, and, craft, like, oh, and then all the craft the craft beer culture comes it's up so out of it. popular and it's like we talk we talk we joke about that just jen and i all the time like it's so small, funny yeah that- it's like christians and all right it's deconstruction small batch whiskey cigars yeah and like <laughs> charles, charles spurgeon like yeah, yeah, charles, charles spurgeon, spurgeon. <laughs> you you nailed the stereotype my friend yeah <laughs> no, i was just quoting spurgeon the other day so oh come on yeah, i know and i, I mean, did spurgeon's awesome though. he we'll, is I'll, awesome I'll, I'll, I'll concede. but yeah but yeah that's uh that's the thing now and 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 that's where i got tripped up at first the first treatment center i went to was a fundamentalist um like borderline snake handling oh, <laughs> man. in the mountains um and, <laughs> and I, I always bag on this place but i will say like the the spirit of god was there and i saw like hardened convicts just break down and weep but the problem with their uh their methodology was it was very much a okay. Your sins are forgiven, son. Now go and sin no more, and like you're good to go. You you conquered. It's a thing. It's a, a pass fail of a thing to be beaten, and you have beaten it, so you're good to go now. And that's it was just a it's a misunderstanding of what true alcoholism and addiction is. Mm. Yeah, and so, so it's yeah. it's much it's much more than something to be prayed away and not to like take any strength from that but it's it's just a complicated issue it's it'd be it's akin to being like well if you need glasses you just need to have faith that you can see good yeah type of thing i mean when like that kind of that type of reasoning when you do mess up you know or or start using again and then you have that theology or that way of thinking in the back of your mind and now all of a sudden you're like well man it didn't take maybe god doesn't love me do you ever get on those oh yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's Jed did much dangerous. Yeah. Jed did. yeah. It's uh, completely dangerous. Um, yeah, pastor, stop telling people that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's it's a total like bless their hearts. Like they mean well. I know yeah. they mean well. But it and yeah. I guess that, that's kind of why me and Jay uh that's part of the reason um we started doing this thing is just to educate one. I mean, people just don't know and like like with my pastor, he is at least has the wherewithal he would just say i don't know and he'll just defer anyone that comes to him to me um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which is cool you know i'm happy to help but yeah absolutely you've got that you have that experience that you're able to 
show other people and that's and that's exactly why we wanted to have you guys on this this podcast because there's a lot of people we we go into drug recovery ministries all the time and just preach but we don't really know because we've never no, jason I, and i have never struggled with like a substance abuse yeah i mean i've i've, I've had a porn addiction but then oh, I, I like i'll get on yeah i get on like i'd be up on stage preaching to 50 80 guys and i i would say that but it's it's still not a pure connection to what they've gone through, and I, and like yeah. I haven't experienced it's, what they've experienced, so it's really hard for me to kind of speak toward those things. What, I kinda, what are some? What are some? Uh, like, have you encountered any like specific like problems with that or issues? Has anybody been like, man, you don't get it? Or actually, no, no. I mean, I think when we try to go in there, we just stick with what we do know is the gospel. And so, the, right. I mean, yeah, good call. whatever our, you know, theological, you know, tinge we have on it, that's that's what we stick with. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, I try so hard not to, I mean, they're already in our corrections program. I assume they're getting the the training and education about their addiction that they need and I'm just there yeah, to supplement giving that. Giving them the spiritual piece. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. The the only the only danger, and I like that sounds good to me. The the danger is when if someone in your position speaks with authority. Uh, that on... scares the crap out of me. I was yeah. just <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day because I I read I you know for a long time I studied to be a pastor, so I've read like five six different books on preaching. And they all have this same mantra of speak with authority. And it's like, I don't think that I can. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I don't, I yeah. really don't think that I should. I mean, like, I, you know, no, I, I think, I think a reception w- would be much better heard if you admitted where you fall short and then work from there. Yeah. I, I always try to approach it with a whole lot of humility. And that's, yeah. That's Perfect. what I've learned the most. I, I always feel like when I go in that I'm not, I'm no longer the teacher. I'm I'm the student. I'm learning from these guys because their stories are incredible. Like, yeah, they're just they're yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have sat through and heard a lot of them. Oh yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. So for, so for you guys, I'm kind of curious because I've you know I've listened to a few of your guys' episodes and it's really. I don't want to. It's a weird nostalgia feeling because when I I used to uh, work at a church in Flint, and so half of my day almost was like dealing with addicts or dealing with you know just you know being a liaison for these different uh, drug recovery ministries. But like when I hear you guys talk, it's like this weird nostalgia. Like oh, I know what that is, and like oh yeah, I know exactly (laughs) what that is. Oh yeah, yeah. The the recovery lingo. Yeah, or like. I'm trying to think of some of the different programs around here. Like you guys talk about life challenge or you guys talk about, uh, what's the other one? I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's, there's a lot yeah, out some, there. Some of the re- is, 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 uh, is there a huge recovery community in Flint? Yeah, there's a or, few. Or addiction problem, however you want to put it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's Both. any typical urban environment where, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, the only real big business around here is dealing drugs really i mean yeah flint's kind of a miserable place to live (laughs) is that close to are y'all like close to detroit i'm bad with my geography of michigan we're about an hour north of detroit okay Okay. not not too close i would i would say detroit is the same problem just on a bigger scale 
than yeah. what Flint yeah. is. I was going to say that I think the suburbs have probably just as much of a drug problem. The only difference is, is they got the money to kind of hide it. Where, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's why it's funny that you see, now you see um, heroin addictions. The, the, the heroin epidemic is, is big on the news now, and it's just because it's finally affecting like white affluent families. It's, yeah. what, it's the number one drug in my hometown. Of and it's because they're cutting down on pharma, on pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. So, like, law enforcement is cutting down on pharmaceutical trade, and so all the kids are turning to hardcore heroin, you know? Wow. Yeah. Insane. So, and yeah. The, the, oh, go ahead, guys. Sorry. Oh, that, no. I was just going to go on. <laughs> yeah, and the, all the – every time, like, the um, they put, like, the deterrent methods and, like, OxyContin and made them – they would make them uh, gel up so they're uninjectable, thinking that like they're solving a problem. But then that just poop that just uh, moves people to to heroin and the other available things. Yeah, it's just. So <clears throat> I kind of want to ask you guys, what was the what was the lowest moment in your guys's in your guys's essentially life before you guys realized, man, I really need to get out of this this mess that I'm in. Whew, man, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I want to do yeah. bad news. Let's get some bad news. And yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good news so much better. I, um, <laughs> yeah. The crazy part to me, for for my story at least, is like when I really hit bottom. Um, like all the stuff on the outside was okay ish. Like I had a car. I just lost my job, which was really shitty. But um, I like I had a car. I have a driver's license. I you know. Um, I had a nice apartment, like I had the master bedroom with a jacuzzi tub and for a 22 year old kid, like that was pretty sweet. Whoa. Right. But, um, that is pretty sweet. I don't have that now, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but inside, um, inside I was dead. Like it, it, I woke up every morning and like, I didn't want to wake up. Like I wake up every morning and be like, fuck, I have to do this again. Wow. Like yeah. I, I, I fully hated the person that I had become. Like I was just this shell um, like the only thing left was addiction. Like the only thing driving me was to get booze and dope. And, um, and I just, and I hated it. I hated, I hated breathing. And, um, so for me, it was that, that inner, that like giant, um, aching, seeping God sized hole that had, uh, that had, that I'd just been trying to stuff with booze and dope. And I remember I woke up when I was um, at the very end, I was really into benzodiazepine or like Xanax. Um, um, Valium. Anxiety, yeah, Valium. Yeah. Thank you. Anxiety medication. I would take that in combination with hard liquor, usually bourbon. The housewife um, so special. Yeah, thanks. Man. Appreciate it. Xanax so I, is but, rough. I have taken that. Yeah, I can't imagine that with other stuff. Holy cow. If you drink on it, you just black out. Wow. That's just, so I woke up from a three-day-long blackout. I had no idea where I'd been or what I'd been doing. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, I had a big gash on my back, and, like, my room was just thrashed. Like, I had a broken mirror, like, broken full-length mirror and, like, had no idea what had happened. And um, and I just, like, came to a, a moment of, like, brokenness. Like, it's like, I just can't do this anymore. And, uh, and my, my MO was to run. So I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get in my car and drive. I'm just going to go somewhere. And I, I walked out of my apartment and I looked around and my car wasn't there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, at least for like a few moments, I had to really like sit in that and reconcile reality. Um, and in the program, we call that a moment of clarity, right? Like God granted me this moment of, 
look at your life. Like, look, look at what's happened here. Um, and I remember just like crying out and I didn't even know at the moment, like in that moment that I was crying out to God, but just saying like, God help me. Yeah. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't stop doing this. And, um, and you know, that day I went to, um, my parents' house and like, I was telling my stepmom like, Hey, I'm thinking about going back to a 12 step program. And it was like, I joke, I exaggerate, but it was like 35 seconds before she had a meeting schedule in my hand. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> she had been waiting for that. Yeah. Probably a good idea. Um, and that was kind of that kind of was my journey, right? Like before that, I had been to jail, I had been to treatment centers, I had, um, you know, gotten a, a multitude of drug charges. But it was that that inner, um, that inner, just like soul bankruptcy. Wow. That, that, Man, that's a that's a term right there. The soul bankruptcy. I'm gonna have to use that in yeah. a sermon or a blog or something. Yeah. It is. It's good. <laughs> Jed, what about you, man? Well, Mine was now. <clears throat> I always, I was the uh, of the two. I always went a little. I went. I was I was a little worse on the on the the using scale, and I started using. Uh, I started shooting up when I was 17. Oh wow. Okay. And that's so. This, I went to, I had a bunch of consequences. I uh, did a little bit of time in jail. Um, I've had eight hospitalized overdoses. Jay was there for one of my overdoses. Um, uh, But none of that, you would, none of that was it. None of that was it. I'd been to 18 treatment centers, um, been doing this for 10 years at this point. and this last time, um, me and my my now wife, but my girlfriend at the time, we had just gotten out of treatment for like the third time. Um, and we, I, my thing was I, I battled a lot about whether or not I had, whether it was a disease, whether I had control over this thing. Because I always thought like it was everyone else's, like, I got sent to treatment, I got sent away when I was 17, so I couldn't live with my parents, so I never had a chance to be financially independent i was always dependent on people and i basically just stayed in treatment so i always had this chip on my shoulder that if y'all would just accept me like let me smoke weed or let me drink then i would have been fine y'all kind of pushed me into this desperation place so that that was kind of my mindset so fast forward and now now, you know 18 treatments later me and, and my girlfriend had just gotten out of another treatment and we were bound and determined not to shoot up heroin we were just gonna snort it Okay, maybe you know <laughs> oh, that's a, that's different enough. Exactly, that and, makes sense to me. And I found myself yet again within two months. Um, finally, after you know, after in your early twenties, you can couch surf. You know, you can find friends, you can move to different states, you can find people that don't know your problem, and you can you can you can keep on trucking. I'm now. I was 27 at the time, so all that is over and done with. I burned every bridge I had, um, was homeless, and found myself in in my hometown, um, flying a sign. By the this was this was my my last days using was I was flying a sign. I would wake up, dope sick, uh, go to the interstate, hold up a sign that said hungry until I got enough money enough gas money to drive to walmart um i would go inside walmart steal uh the shield tvd blu-ray about three of those go to fye sell them go get dope so i could be high 
to go stand by the interstate again to hmm. repeat the process. Wow. Uh, and like, you know, what was I, you know, the moment of clarity that I had tried to be sober and this was the result. And then I realized, I remember thinking this, it came to me that I hadn't prayed or thought about God in weeks. I remember having that thought. I was like, wow, like this is like, I've never <laughs> experienced a spiritual disconnect like that in my life and it scared the hell out of me um and i think like jay um i don't even remember i guess it was a moment of clarity i don't remember even driving to my last treatment center but um i had a friend that helped me out um called me and got me into treatment i had just gotten insurance again thanks obama and uh so i could go back <laughs> i could finally go back to treatment um, I was on probation facing a 10 year sentence. I was still using, I mean, like I had a title loan out of my car. I mean, like the, the shit was about to hit the fan in a giant way. Mm -hmm. So if I got caught with my probation officer, I would be doing 10 years in federal prison. So oh, that, wow, that's what man. I was looking at. I did not know what to do. Parents weren't talking to me. No one was talking to me. Um, and I wound up in treatment and what happened then was, I was two months sober. Things were going well. They had just given me my driver's license back. I could go look for a job. And um, my girlfriend broke up with me while I was in treatment. And I flipped out, went outside, punched the wall, and I broke my hand. And in that instant, I was like, screw this. I'm going to the hospital and getting some pain pills. And I came to, and I was like, oh, my God, you're willing to throw everything away immediately and i was like why why do you even want to get sober was it just what had happened was the last thing i had my girlfriend was taken away from me and i was alone and so i went in my room instead i had a moment of clarity like you said and i went in my room and i had it out with god and i was like look i am desperately ill and i need you know you have to help me through this like there's mm -hmm. no way i can do this and it, that's the moment i attribute to to when it turned around and um that's that was when I really buckled down and said I need I need to do this. Wow, man, that's in, that's insane. That's awesome, but it's like it's so crazy to hear. And you know what, Jason, I think I need to I need to process this. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the guys from Church and Other Drugs. Sounds good. <laughs> Wow, Jason. It's been a great interview so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, buddy. Just great stories, and I'm really looking forward to the listener listening to the second half of this interview. But we're taking a small break right now because we have three, Jason, a record-breaking three new five-star reviews. <laughs> I'm so excited, dude. <laughs> <laughs> People, are, you guys are, uh, okay, I want to say thank you because you guys are actually responding to us. Like, I know, and that's why I'm so giddy. <laughs> but... Here, I'm going to read you a few of them, okay, Jason? Here we go. Uh, Elysian Sky said this, not your average podcast. These guys rock, and that's spelled R-A-W-K, like hardcore. So glad I found this podcast and plan on following in the future. Thanks, Elysian Skies. Yeah, thank you. Organic J said this, new favorite. Wow, we're somebody's new favorite. 
That's pretty incredible. Oh, man, that's so awesome. All right, this is what he says. This is my new favorite podcast. Not only are Alex and Jason a lot of fun to listen to, but they also bravely tackle issues of monumental importance. The episodes with Keith Giles and Richard Jacobson are practically full of boom moments. Listen with an open heart. Awesome. And Jay, thank you so much. Those words mean just... This is a warm feeling in my heart right now. Although we might replace the the boom statements, as we like to call them, with dang Gina's. Dang Gina's. <laughs> That's right. We have that audio clip from, from Tony. Tony. <laughs> yep. We're going to put that in everywhere. Dang Gina. All right. So we got one more, Jason. Sharp JM said this. Great show. Really enjoy the show and the awesome amount of great conversation. It's definitely made the commute to school much more enjoyable. Man, people are listening to us I when they go it. to school now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you know I feel like John Piper right now. People listening to my podcast, yeah. leaving me a five star review. But everybody, John, John Piper is the first name you pull out. I don't know. I don't know. People listen to his podcast. A lot of people do. But anyway, we've got thirteen reviews, and Alex is John Piper now. Uh, I can't. I, I don't want to do the hand gestures that he does in front of you. I just get mocked. But anyway, thank you guys so much for leaving five star reviews. And if you leave us a five star review, we'll read it here in the break. And Absolutely. We, we just are so appreciative of what you guys do for us and listening to this podcast and giving us feedback. So thank you guys. But Jason, do you have some updates for the people? Yeah, Keith Giles, man. Oh man, his interviews. I've been going great. I've been listening to a couple of them. Yeah, so he was on our podcast, but now, man, he is on everything. He's, he's on everywhere. outside the walls. He's on unchurching, and he's done. I mean, he's done a handful more. He's got a lot more coming up. And Alex, his book, which we we re- uh, released our episode, yeah, on inauguration day, which was the day his book came out, is number one on Amazon. It's a hot new release, and it's a bestseller in Christian theology and ethics. Wow. It's number one right now. Wow. We had a number one author on yeah. our podcast. And, and, you know, those in Christian theology and ethics. Yeah. But, but you, know. you know what? He was ahead of David Platt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say that even for a few weeks. Like, that's pretty awesome. That is really I hope rad. it continues for him. Guys, if you haven't listened to the episode, go listen to it. Go buy his book. We had a couple of people said. Uh, in our Facebook that they were buying his book. Oh, man, that's really cool. I know, and I'm super pumped that we got to, like, just, like, partake in the release of his book. Even if it's just a small portion, it's still pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, Anything else before we get back to the episode, buddy? Yeah, dude, our episode uh, with Tony. Dude, Tony uh, and Ernesto. And Ernesto. Oh, man. (laughs) I've had so many people just come up to me and say, that was awesome. Nathan? Nathan yeah. wrote us a message about it, just <sighs> saying how great it was. And then the Stephen Ball on our Facebook, he says, dude, this is flipping incredible. <laughs> After all the years I've known you, brother, and he's talking to Tony, he's never knew the depth of your story and the legacy has become. Love you guys so much, and the world needs to tune in. Boom, dude. Thank you. Dang, Philip. Gina. Yeah, there you go. It's Which- just like... Tony needs to trademark that so he gets some like money every time we say it's it or something. It's from the TV show Martin. I'm pretty oh. sure Martin has it. But he has his own trademark. thing that he does. Anyway, so yeah, go listen to that episode as well, the the Flint of uh, growing up in Flint episode and I hope, you know, especially for for somebody like me who grew up originally out in the sticks, like 
hearing that story is definitely very eye-opening and the, the what the people of Flint go through on a day-to-day basis you just get a little bit of a little bit of that in this uh, in that podcast interview yeah. so go you're, listen to you're those episodes to laugh absolutely if you're having a really bad day go listen to that episode yeah. and then if you want to thinker go listen to the Keith Giles episode yeah. let's get back to this episode All All right, guys, we are back with the guys from Church and Other Drugs, and wow, we kind of left on a heavy note. Yeah, we did. So what's the good news, guys? Like, we need to hear some good news here because that was so heavy, and I I, I just... (laughs) (laughs) Jed, Jed, you want to pick it up where you left off, man? Uh, there is no good news. Uh, good night, everybody. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you guys, you both, well, well, Jed, you mentioned something about, you know, God in the middle of that, and it's like, like you're, yeah. you're going, oh, you're yeah. making this, this is... trek to Walmart and back to the, the side of the road with a sign, and then well, you, the... then you have this thought like, oh, I haven't prayed to God in a while, and that just seems so incredibly bizarre. So, yeah. Well, that's that's um, you know, if you take it super, super biblical, you know, the enemy comes to, to lie, cheat, and steal, and destroy and kill, um, and that's just what happened. Now, the, what I've come to realize about my disease, my alcoholism, and my addiction is that I always relate it to the thorn in Paul's side, right? So, mm. oh, that's good. I could have. And I tell my mom this all the time. I could have what I think would have been infinitely worse is if I led a normal humdrum life for 60 years, never went deep with God, might not even really known God and just lived and died. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Never never helped. Never helped anyone. But I have but I have this thing. I have this thorn that requires that I submit to God every day or there will be distinct consequences like immediately following oh so it's turned it's turned into a a, a super blessing where it's it's a constant crutch it's a constant humility to where if i if i let up on my spiritual work then you know there will be consequences you know and at the same time god's grace absolutely abounds and like (laughs) He knows I'm. We knows when I'm weak, and the the help is there. But it's a. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I wouldn't trade it. I really. Everyone says that, but I wouldn't go back and change anything because it's it's the the strength of character. I guess just the. I don't know. It's it's absolutely transformative for sure. If nothing else. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now, oh, go ahead, Jay. Oh no, I was just gonna agree, and I I think it's important. Um, to note to Jed's point that like we we have to walk this spiritual program of action right the the twelve step program that we go to there's a line in the book that says um, we're we're given a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition and um, and to me that means like I have to do a handful of things to stay close to God because God is the reason God's the reprieve I get from being a complete gutter drug addict right mm. so um, so we're forced into this. Um, we're forced into this uh, life of service and, and spirituality that otherwise I wouldn't have. Like I'm a I'm an incredibly selfish creature by nature, and oh, so yeah. without yeah. without me doing and, and um, having to act 
and walk out this way of life like i i don't think that i would and so i'm with jed that like it's a it's a i know it sounds like twisted but it's kind of a gift it right? totally is yeah well, and, and 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 all all the pro all aa and all like the steps are is is a super practical dumbified version of of some people call it first century christianity because it's and that that's an, that's what i want to touch on too is what me and Jay envision is AA should be a lot AA could learn a lot from church and church could learn a lot from AA where it's just this mm-hmm. a, a, a group of people that say hey this is my greatest sins like i'm confessing it to you it's the it's the tri, the time tested principles of confession uh repentance service and selflessness mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the yep Super basic, super standard stuff that, and I try to bring that. I, I go to a pretty, pretty, um, pretty new small church, and I try. I tell my pastor all the time. I'm like, look, we need to. I, I'm tired of fakeness. I want some yeah. reality. I want some realness. Absolutely. I know y'all are struggling with stuff. Why, why hide it? What, what possible benefit does that have? So we're kind of, but at the same time, in AA, you know, it's it's a, it's a higher power. So we're not allowed to specifically talk about jesus or god or what we you you, it's it's uncouth to push your specific deity beliefs on anyone else and then at church it's super specific and sometimes like questions aren't really encouraged or looked upon gladly so me and jay kind of live in this and it's not just us as we're finding there's there's plenty of other people like us but we live in this kind of limbo of too christian for AA and not christian enough for church so yeah let's let's see what we can do where has god brought us and what has he brought us here to do and that's just what we're finding out yeah that that confession aspect is like you said is totally missing from church culture i would even say repentance too and and repentance so (laughs) when, when i go into the programs and speak i've said this a couple of times in it and maybe it's the way i'm wording it but it never seems to land very well but i i like I'll, maybe it's because I'm I haven't been a you know a drug addict, but I always tell the guys in there like you're extremely lucky because every Sunday after Sunday I'm gonna sit in pews with people who have no clue they have yeah they have no clue that they're even yeah. sinners and like yeah. it's it's like this basic acknowledgement like yeah I'm a sinner I need help and people say that it's easy to say but people don't realize it so so. Like people, or they'll, or they'll pick and choose their sins, the yes. most like yeah. socially acceptable sins. Yeah, I'm a let's, let's talk about homosexuality yeah. Yeah, and ignore I, like distribution <laughs> of wealth or even, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, as yeah. long as they keep looking outside and not within, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, but correct, correct. But I yeah. always, I always wonder how that lands. I mean, here's this guy who's coming; he's never been addicted, and here he's telling me I'm lucky. And like, like some of the guys there get it because I think they have, they're probably. Like in the 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 events we go to, you never know where people are on the map. I don't know people who just walked yeah. in the door yesterday are people who've been there. Sure. I mean, if they've been there for a year, there's a good chance I've seen them a couple of times. But you yeah. don't, you right. just don't know where yeah. they're at, and you get like all these weird stares. Like lucky, like I'm going through well, hell right yeah. now. I'm like, yeah, but well, and those I wasn't, those, I didn't feel lucky until a while it took a while yeah, yeah it took a while <laughs> it, it, so it it's true i am an asshole of, 
they're no, lucky well, in that like most of most of people I mean, like you're Jedi right. don't get there. Like yeah. they don't yeah. even get to the Salvation Army or the oh, treatment or any of those. They die in the gutter. They, like, that's what this, this year this year's been bad too. There's ten, I want to say, ten people in in the recovery around Lafayette and Baton Rouge have have overdosed oh, yeah. this year or died. Wow! Yeah. Oh my so goodness! So it's 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 insane. And then and so that begs the question with me and Jay, you know, so why why didn't I? You know, why didn't yeah. he? Right. And that that those are those are the questions that'll keep you up at night and say okay. Mm. And I had a really good counselor this time around also really hammer into me the idea of purpose. And and for, for a creature like me, if, to live without purpose is hell. And I'm just going to go back to my default of self-satisfaction. And, okay, let me just live my life satisfying the ego monster that is Jim. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, yeah. and it never ends. With, it's not satisfying. It's It's a trick. It's, you know, Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could get rich and famous so that they could see what a lie it is and how unfulfilling it is. And it's like, I'd like to give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did man. he say I'm that scared. with his mask on or off? I'm scared. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm scared of getting rich. That would oh, be so bad. Yeah. Dude. Man, I'm just, I'm really encouraged by listening to your guys' story because I remember one of the things that, I can think of the in the year and a half that I was at this church working in Flint, I can think of two people right off the top of my, my head that had success stories. And I can think yeah. of a plethora of people that didn't, or they're still in it. And I just, I haven't heard from them in a while because I'm not, I don't work at that church anymore. So I'm, yeah. I'm just sitting here just like in awe. And I'm like, thank God that there are success stories out there. Cause it's, cause it's hard. Sometimes the victories in, in the recovery world are few and far between from what I've seen. And yeah. well, that's, that's definitely true. But it, at the same time, I do just want to say one, one quick thing for maybe uh, for you and for other people who just know drug addicts and alcoholics, like the story isn't over until it's over. Right. Yeah, right? absolutely. So like I, I got sober eight years ago and Jed's like two years and some change now. Right. And yeah. I would get yeah. calls like every six to nine months from Jed, like, Hey, I'm locked up again. Or, Hey, I need help again. Hey, this, Hey that. And it's, um, for years and years, I was just waiting for the phone call from his mom saying like when the funeral was oh, right. Man. It, oh, and I mean, it's like my, one of my best childhood friends. Right. Yeah. And we, and we get to, and we have to watch this endure, but, but the story wasn't over. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like Jeff, for for whatever reason, God granted Jed a moment of clarity, and he's been able to stay sober for two and a half years, and he had a beautiful wife and a this budding life, and and it's incredible. It's like it's truly it, yeah. incredible to see, and so I just want to say like yeah, the numbers are horrible. Like if you yeah. look at the data, it's, oh, yeah, it's really bad. depressing. But if when we get to like really watch those miracles come along, it it's incredible. Oh, it's, it's incredible. That's, that's and, and, good. And I'll t- encourage you as well. There's so many times, so often, the the recovery long game is about God using people to sow seeds at a certain point that will. I mean, they, we're talking could be twenty years yeah. that some guy might just yeah. be like, "Man, this guy one time said this thing to me that I remember now." And, that's what I'm always hoping for going in and speaking. Yeah, that's yes, absolutely. That and happened that, to me my first time preaching at Salvation Army. 
there's this guy and his brother and uh, well his brother goes to our church and and he just came up to me one day and said thank you so much you were so important in my recovery story i was like i don't even remember what i said exactly and yeah. so every time i see yeah. his brother at church he always comes up and just gives me a huge hug and thanks me for some nugget of knowledge that i gave his brother like three or four yeah. years ago and it's probably because it wasn't you that said it you know? yeah yeah <laughs> it was yeah. the holy that's spirit the, saying that that's right absolutely. that's exactly that's, right oh, that's man. the that's the trippiness of of life man it's 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 a cool thing it's a cool <laughs> thing yeah so i mean when when we started preaching and speaking i don't know if if uh our pastor had talked to you alex but I mean, I'm going in blind. I've never been to a drug recovery home. I've never met drug addicts face to face. You know, I'm very. Oh, he he set you up. Well, he, <laughs> well, he gave me he gave me two pieces of advice at two different times. The first one was once a drug addict, always a drug addict. And I was like, dude, that's really yeah. mean, guy. And like, <laughs> and like three years later, I start seeing people recycle into the program, and oh, it's yeah. like, oh man, like because you you. You see guys, you get done speaking or preaching or teaching a Bible study, and they come up to you afterwards, and they, they're just so excited that, mm-hmm. you know, they have such clarity, and it just seems like, man, they're on their way. And then a year later or two years later, it's, it's here they are again. And it's like, man, what happened? So I go back to that piece of advice, and and I have seen people, I have seen, you know, uh, people whose lives have been legitimately changed and it's it's awesome and it's credible but it's really like like we mentioned before it's not that many and i realize now that my my pastor was was like like giving me some caution there not to get too excited yeah in order to keep on going for the long run that's, because if he wouldn't have said that sure. I, I probably would have been so depressed after the seeing the and, first wave of people come back and that's the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the field I'm I'm going into. And that's the biggest thing is that like it's 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 as rewarding as it is just gut wrenchingly discouraging. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, I can say. So I sponsor a lot of men um, in Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, why don't, you, one ex- of the, why don't you explain what sponsoring is? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate Um so sponsoring is like is really the the nuts and bolts of it is taking another man through the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Um, it, and that's kind of it. We, we kind of try to guide them in the right direction and, and watch out for pitfalls here and there. We're like a, a Sherpa, right, climbing a mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great analogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the biggest thing that I think my first sponsor told me, like when I first started sponsoring men, was. Um, you know, I've had a hundred percent success rate in sponsoring. And I was like, no, you haven't. I know Joe just last week started drinking again. He's like, no, I haven't had a drink since I started sponsoring men. Oh, and that's man. what I, so de- that's what I describe as success. Yeah. Because yeah. Part, part of us, like part of, um, the program that we work is like, we have to give it back to keep it. Like we have to be of service in order to keep this connection with God that we have. And so, we, we define success as keeping going. We define success as no matter how many times a newcomer drinks or whatever, I'm still sticking my hand out to the new guy that walks in the door. And so, um, you know, it can be discouraging, but at the same time, like when, when guys that you sponsor pick up a year token, 
It's like the most yeah, rewarding. It's, it's, that it's ever gotta be cool. I was gonna ask for your guys' sobriety. Like, is that more exciting when you guys hit a, a mile marker than your birthday now? Like, is that oh, pretty yeah. sweet? Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, so. My thirtieth birthday was cool, but like, not even close. Not even but, close. But picking up eight years was cooler. Picking up eight eight years. Was oh, great. that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I've, I mean, next year when I pick up, hopefully, God willing, right? Um, when I pick up nine years, I will have been sober as long as I drank and drugged. And so, like, that's wild for somebody like me. That is crazy. I I still got a a a little bit to go. go. (laughs) Uh, And that, yeah. No, it it is. And and then you have, you know, and then we always have the warnings of the people that had 20 years and went back out. And it's always the same thing. And it's, there's so many benefits to hanging around people that are still suffering once you have it's hanging around the hospital after you've gotten cured because it just like I met with my sponsor tonight um and he was wearing a suit and tie and when I first started meeting with him this dude was sweating and like so nervous that he wasn't gonna (laughs) find a job and I'm this that and the other now he's like selling insurance wearing a suit and tie tonight and I told him that I was like dude you realize how far you've come and whenever I meet with him it reminds me that man I don't want to do that again. That sucks. I remember like yeah. not having any fun. I remember sweating. That was the yeah. worst, and I don't want to do that again. And so every time I meet with them, it reminds me of that. And that's cool. It's just a it's a it's a good thing, and and it's one of those things like any any Joe Schmo would benefit from from doing the twelve steps. They're all like biblically rooted, and like I said, they're they're just they're ancient principles and just good things to live by. And you can work them for for anything in your life. It's 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 how to have relationships. It's it's how to do in your marriage. It's how to do in your friendships. It's how to, to deal with your finances. And it's the basic thing is just dying to yourself, man. Um, that's powerful. Which <laughs> it's powerful. It's, it's simple, and that's why I say it's simple, not easy. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> Jed, you said you're going into counseling, right? Yeah. Now, I yep. think you're going to do all right, buddy. Yeah. I hope so. That's, well, I realize I've, I've, I've basically been to college for rehab just from how many I've been to. So I was yeah. like, maybe maybe, maybe that's what God was kind of setting me up to do. That's so, cool. So I'm going to take a swing at it. Yeah. Oh. So in everything you've you've learned so far, you got any advice you can throw our way? Like, like I think the best piece of advice I got so far from a pastor uh, – I showed up to a, a meeting one time, well, for a couple of weeks in a row, and nobody was coming. Uh, I was, I asked my pastor, I was like, "Man, nobody's, nobody's coming," and he's like, "I'm, I'm expecting him to like drop some like big like biblical like, just like thing like, like you know, a bunch of verses Bless, and stuff." Blessed is the man that shows up to no one. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I didn't know what I was expecting. I was expecting like this super like pastoral advice. He's like, "Take food." I'm like, what? Are you, oh yeah. I'm like, what oh, are yeah. you talking about? He's like, he's like, the the food in those programs sucks. Just go grab some pizzas and take it. And I did. Oh. And man, packed room. Like, yeah, I remember that. I was just thinking about driving to Flint right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We'd stop. I mean, you did it too, Alex. We'd yeah. stop and we grab some hot and ready's and go in with a stack of pizzas. And people just, oh, he's man. like, he's like, food is like everybody speaks the language of food. Like, it is. Just, I, I, I would say so. Where you're going into like treatment centers? Yeah, Jason. Yeah. Jason is right now. I'm kind of taking a hiatus from preaching. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, really. Just 
being able to, I guess, it, if you encounter someone not in that situation, say you encounter someone in your church, it's important to point them toward a tried and true recovery program. Um, if they need, you know, if someone comes to you, and this is for everyone, if some, someone comes up to you shaking drunk, the the answer for that man at that moment is not come to our life group come to our small group yeah. no that that guy needs to go to detox oh that's good advice he, he, he can't even think straight yet so you need to you 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 save the person's ass before you save their soul so it's you know yeah. get them stabilized <laughs> <That's awesome advice>. <laughs> <laughs> put that on a sticker put it on your car yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it, it's all about you know try to find a um a referral network if you can find a, a person in the in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous that you that can be your go-to guy if you can find someone um a doctor that can be your go-to guy that you can just start yep. anyone that comes along that has any kind of specific problem you can say okay hey you know um I will pray for you right now and then let's let's take some action I will point you in a in a place where you can get some work done yeah that's that's what I would say yeah yeah, that would be my biggest um, point too. Is like when I went, my treatment center was really just like a fifteen thousand dollar big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? <laughs> it was they gave me this book and they po- told me to go to those rooms, and, and that's what ended up working for me. I didn't able to wasn't able to get sober and stay sober then, but um, pointing people to uh, to twelve step programs is really the way to go. And, and I think too, just being around that community. Um, I don't know if you guys run into family members or, or that sort of thing all the time, but um, there's a, an incredible program called Al-Anon, and it's for family members um, of people addicted or, or alcoholics, right? And they say that alcoholism is a family disease, and we wreak havoc on those people around us. And Al-Anon is a, is a really a great place to for family members to come and to start healing from you know, the, the stuff that they've been through. So that, that would be my suggestion is pointing people to, to programs. Man, both of those and, and then, are the, great, man. I, I had uh, a, uh, oh, go ahead. Also, Jay. well, I want to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm a buddy your bread real, real quick because um, <laughs> <clears throat> what you're doing is super important because there's, I can think of when I was in prison, when I was in this place called Cinecore, um, a couple other treatment centers, the, for someone as spiritually starved as I was, um, when I got when they would like bring in a church or they at Cinecore, um, they would bring in a church on Sundays or other places they would take us to a church. Those were the those were penultimately important for uh, for feeding my spirit at that time. So it's like what what you're doing is serving a, a massive purpose, and it it might even be you know if it's only for one person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, it's still important. I will quote Schindler's list that save one person, save the world entire. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So what, what would you advise people not to ever say? Oh to an man, addict? I was going to say, I was going to ask the same <laughs> question. Cause I'm sure I've been doing this for a couple of years. I'm sure we both like put our foot in our mouth. Yeah. Or just probably. came off as just complete rid- jerks, you know, ridiculous, naive, like <laughs> what I, not I think, to say. Yeah. I think we talked about it kind of at the beginning is a whole idea of this is some, it's a moral decision or it's like a willpower issue. And and for me, like my experiences, um, 
I showed incredible willpower, like going and getting dope, but I could never quit when I wanted to. Right. So like if it was a willpower thing, like I would have been able to stay sober on my own. Um, so telling people like pull yourself up by your bootstraps or like just pray about it or why don't you just try drinking just beer or just, (laughs) you know, or that or just, just, just wait till you get, you get off of work to start drinking. Uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, Those man. sort of things, yeah. What's, I, I, think, man, what? I think being armed with like a clear understanding of, of the disease concept of alcoholism and drug addiction would go super far. And um, and I want to say like to you, man, I hope we don't – I'm not going to – we're never going to re- regret this. If anybody has any questions or wants to know anything, feel free to email us. Like, you know, I, I want to be of service to folks. Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. What's that email yeah, real quick? Sure. <laughs> So the email is churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. Right. And so if anybody has any questions about the disease concept of alcoholism or like how you can be of service to, to family members or friends or whatever, you know, please drop us a line. We're more than happy to point you in the right direction. Um, I, I would say uh, some things not to say. Um, and I'm sure you're not, but any sort of spiritual talk that could be that could like you said earlier like if when it when if i try to get sober with just god or just church or whatever and it fails me then that turns into well then am i even saved am i i'm doing something wrong any sort of misconstrued spiritual guilt anything like that um and then otherwise really just listening goes leaps and bounds and then also make sure and this is the such a fine line but like uh my dad's pastor called me about someone in his church and he was he was like i need to know if i'm enabling this guy or not so if you've got a guy in this instance who is showing up to church functions wasted uh getting in squabbles with his wife wasted basically you know alcoholic dude doing yeah. some alcoholic stuff and he was like when do i need to say okay man you need to like i can't i can't really be around you unless you get the help you need because at this point i'm just encouraging your behavior so that's going to be one that's you know i would say it's between you and god as to some discernment on that but you know we will try, as an alcoholic we will try to take advantage of some people and we are no, some, some cunning, sly foxes. So <laughs> There's know. no such thing as a loan to a drug addict, just by the way. If you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're giving that dude some money, if you're giving that dude some money. Yes. Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like a loan, not a loan. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thanks, well, English language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, yeah. thank you so much for uh, giving us a call. Um and you know, chatting with us and giving us a little bit of wisdom and our our listeners, uh, you know, a glimpse into your guys' world and what you guys have struggled through and how God has brought you out of it. But before we go, I really want to plug some of my favorite episodes, if that's okay. Oh yeah, from you yeah, guys, absolutely. So obviously, the very first episode with Jed with your dad, that was Jed. great, dude. Yeah, your dad's Thank awesome. You. It was cool to kind of hear his side of the story too. Oh, when he said like. He was kind of holding the funeral for you, like in his mind. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was heavy. Yeah, super heavy. It was holy cow. And then just a great episode. 
my mom's will be soon. She's chomping at the bit. To, to she's like, oh, now it's my turn. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> let me in on some of that podcast fame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think she wants more. Just a chance to rip me a new one. Oh. <laughs> How many sleepless nights, you know? Oh man, that's what I'm saying. I I owe it to her to just sit there and take it. Yeah, <laughs> Jason, what is another favorite episode for you, man? Oh man, you had uh, the the episode with Casey. Talking about her parents, yeah. that was heavy yeah, too. That, that hit me. Yeah, that was one that I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, and Jay didn't either, and that blew me away. Yeah, Man. I was super. Wild. I mean, <laughs> we hear about people passing away from alcoholism all the time, but like her parents passed super, super young. Yeah, so young. And like to lit to grow up as like a very young woman into that has got. I mean, it's just wild. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing really good work. I really like. I think your podcast's gonna take off. Like, it just That'd is. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you get Dirty Mike on a couple more times. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> good old Dirty. Dude, that story was insane. That's oh my man, I'm not even gonna. Person. I don't even want to talk about it on this episode because I want people to yeah, go and listen yeah, go to listen it. To that's probably the one. The to LSD to pastor, sure. too, man. I think oh. we're just going to name all your episodes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Alex asked me the other day, he's like, can we get church and other drugs on? I was like, let's wait till they get 10 episodes. Because that's kind of like that's kind of like the podcasting benchmark. It's like you get 10 episodes, you yeah. find out like if you're really in this thing or not. But then exactly. I started listening to your episodes. I was like, we got to get them on sooner. Like, these are just good. <laughs> so. Well, I'm thanks, I'm dude. super excited about what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you Have you guys had any uh, feedback as far as has, has anybody come forward and said like, oh man, this has really helped me out a lot, or like, thank you so much for just being another voice out there. I needed that encouraging voice. We actually have. Oh, that's yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah, it was, and that we kind of, I guess. Well, I I was sort of like, this is kind of going to be an entertaining thing, and. After yeah. we got some emails and and kind of this kind of you know how podcasts of you think it's gonna be one thing and it's gonna evolve and change yeah. and now yeah. we're realizing like oh we we actually have a chance here to to help some people yeah. and like make a difference and so I was like okay let's yeah, yeah we really let's help we people. really thought yeah. we were just gonna get on on the microphone and like fuck around and tell <laughs> stupid jokes and stuff yeah and um, and we do that too for sure yeah. but um, but it's been cool the response that we've gotten. Oh, that's yes, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, for sure. Jason, you got anything else? No. Cool. Yeah. Th- thanks for having us on, y'all, yeah, for real. Yeah. This was, yeah. This was yeah. Good. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. Man, I'm excited for people to hear this, to be quite honest. You want to push uh, your website and stuff one more time? And then we'll, well, of course, we'll include links in our show description and everything. But... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So our website is Church and Other Drugs, like and spelled out, not ampersand, Church and Other Drugs, um, dot com. And we, you can write us an email at churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. Um, and go check out our episodes. Go subscribe and if you, if you we're like on it. Facebook and Twitter. Yes. Yeah, yes. go like those and pages, guys. It's going to be great. You yep. won't be disappointed. We'll, we'll have to get you all on for an episode, too. Oh, man. Sure. Thank you. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, I want we... some stories from the crypt from the Salvation Army. Oh, oh dude, I've got a uh, lot yeah. of stories. And <laughs> yeah. Odyssey House yeah. in Flint. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's the women's recovery home. And no, they, that's the family recovery That's the home. family, yeah. But there's a lot of women in there. Dude. Just a side I'm... note, I used to take a meeting into this family recovery community in Charleston. And like we used to have to tell moms not to feed their one-year-old's Mountain Dew for dinner and oh, stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Goodness. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, have a good night. 
Thank you so you much. Too. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. See y'all. Wow, Alex. What a great interview. You're just copying me now. <laughs> I don't like being mocked in my own home. Well, I fell down your stairs, so <laughs> I'm allowed to mock uh, until man. the bruise goes away. <laughs> but that was that was honestly, it was a really great episode. Yeah. And a great interview and great stories from Jed and Jay. And man, those guys, heavy stuff, dude. Yeah. Heavy. Like I appreciate their willingness to open up. Yeah, and share that even just to have a podcast because they don't need to do that. No, they don't. They're do they're doing quite enough as it is right now with their just their daily lives. Like Jed's trying to be a counselor and Jay's sponsoring people. Like they don't need to do this podcast, but they're doing it because they want to reach a grander audience. And I'm yeah. very thankful for that. Yeah. What was is there any big takeaways? What's the big takeaway? No, I mean both of them. They. Uh... They both got to that same low point. I don't know if you caught that yeah. or not, but both of them were were saying, "God, I need help. Like I can't do this on my own." And like that's a theme you hear over and mm-hmm. over and over throughout the Bible. And that's that's where I come across when I say like, "You're lucky. You're lucky that you got to that moment where you you have humbled yourself to the point where you acknowledge, "I can't do this on my own. I need God." Yeah. Like, I need you. And God is always there saying, come on, I'm here. Just been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's, you're lucky to experience that because so many people sit in church pews across the country who have zero clue. Yeah. and They've just kind of gone through this the repetitious religious, you know, whatever you want to call it, ceremony, practice. They hit their time card and they punch out and they've never really been challenged. Yeah. And I'm sure like if they were to dig deeper, they would find something. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. What about you, Alex? What were your takeaways? Uh, I guess for me, the big takeaway, too, is that seeing people at that low, low point, but just hearing Jed talk about people confessing and repenting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was a huge takeaway for me because I think that's something that we, we have a, a hard time doing. And I think even in a big church culture, which we currently live in, in this American age, it's hard for us to, uh, to confess and repent of sin. And it's hard to do that in a small setting, but I just imagine how many, you know, multiple times harder it is to do that in a large church setting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great. We have small groups that we do that in, but, I still don't think it happens enough in our in our current no, church culture I think, in America. I think that people are afraid of things like gossip, you know. And, yeah, and it's just such a shame because because people are really hurting. Yeah, and you're sitting there with them in the room, and they can't get out. And once they find out, like I mentioned tonight, like I I was addicted to porn. Yeah, so is everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, let's just get over it. Let's confess it. Let's repent of it. Let's help each other instead of just... I hate small talk, Alex. I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at it. And I'm sure I come off like such a jerk. I just so can't So how's do the it. weather? And it's like, I can't stop looking at porn. Can we not talk about the weather? Who gives a rip? It's yeah. raining. Anyway. I was standing at the urinal you. today and I asked somebody... Yeah, what it, so what do you think about the Super Bowl? Oh, you did <laughs> not like, do that. I did, dude. 
I just the uh, awkward. You know, do you, it was you don't so even bad. watch football? I I watch the Lions when they're on, but outside of that, gosh, and, that's cheesy. Is all get out. Oh, you know, I know it. I'm really bad. You know what else is cheesy? What's that? Alex? Some of the stuff we post on our social media accounts. <laughs> Yeah, see how I did that transition. That was awesome. Transition right from uh, talking about your cheesiness to yeah. our social media. Just we're doing some housekeeping. Housekeeping. You want roof up below? Midfield below. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you know, Jason, you you basically run them. I've I've kind of taken a hiatus off. Yeah, the Facebook I've group. been left alone. But for good so reason. Alone. It's so I don't destroy my electronic devices. Yeah. It's, yeah. But anyway, if you want something <laughs> funny and you want something good, then you should go to all of our social media pages. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. We don't have a Tinder account because Jason and I are not gigolos. You know what Tinder is? <laughs> I, yeah. I, well, I we, well just, so we, just so everybody knows, we don't have it. Yeah. But anyway. Our Snapchat. I thought about or that. Our Snapchat. But we also yeah. have a website. NotYourPastorsPodcast.com. And when you go to that website, and I hope you please check it out. Jason's done a lot of work to it. He's revamped it. It's looking pristine. Thank you, Alex. You can go to a section of our website called Thoughts. Yes. And Thoughts are basically what we're calling blogs now. We're calling them Thoughts now. We're we're rebranding blogs and calling them Thoughts. But Jason has been on this minimalist kick. Oh, my goodness, Alex. It's got me like... And you've dropped, you're dropping a thought series called your, basically your minimalist thoughts. And you, you have two blogs, two articles already written. I'm trying to release them every Monday. They're fabulous. If I can say so. And guys go listen or go listen to those, go read those Yeah, and go like our, our social media pages and visit our website and guys leave us some feedback. We want to know how we can make this show better. And if we, if we make this show better, Maybe more people will hear stories like the guys from Church and Other Drugs or the uh, Tony and Ernesto story or the Keith Giles episode. Like Keith oh, Giles, Alex. Dang it. I did it again. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> people will hear the Keith Giles story. How do you want to edit that? No. Oh my goodness! What do you want to do? Is it time to is it time to say bye to everybody? It's time to say goodbye, everyone. All right. We love you. Catch you on the flip side. Yep. And always keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>